This is Samia Bano with Make Change Fun and Easy, podcast to help you create massive positive change in your life and the world. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, sasrikal, aloha, hola, bonjour, and ciao. I'm really, really happy and excited today because I have Lillian Shrewing with me, who's a creative coach and intuitive healer. And I'm going to invite her in right away and ask her to tell us more about who she is and what she does. So please, Lillian, come on up. Hey, Samia. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I guess a little bit about what I do. Um, I always find this question quite challenging because what I do is always so multiplicitous. I do such a wide variety of things and have multiple tools or modalities or practices that I use to work with people. And so often what I do is about working collaboratively with people in understanding what exactly is that they need. And so I do a lot of um, creative arts therapy, or I I would call it holistic integrated creative arts therapy. And so that's really like working again with a multiplicity of creative tools like painting, drawing, sculpture, dance, any kind of creative modality in a therapeutic context. And so then I also work a lot, a lot with uh, meditation. So I'm also a meditation teacher and For me, creative process and meditation really go hand in hand because when you get into that state of flow in your creative process, that is a meditative state. And so I use a lot of creative meditation and um, creative ritual. So these different kind of intuitive and spiritual practices that really allow us to go deeper in connecting with ourselves and connecting with, I, I always say like, I think at the core of what I do, it's really about allowing people to reconnect with that inner flame that really guides us and motivates us. And that's, I think, where creativity like springs from within us is this this inner flame that guides us. So I help people to reconnect with themselves and um, reach their goals and their dreams. So there's uh, also an element of what I do um, is working alongside creatives and healers in business coaching as well. So I support people in empowering them to show up in the business world and in the online world through marketing and strategic planning and things like that. So yeah, that question is always um, interesting to me because the answer is always different <laughs> in different contexts. <laughs> no, it's amazing. And I know how you feel about doing so many different things that to other people, maybe this seem like what what's the connection but in you in your head in your experience and the way that you work it all makes sense and it all connects together i actually really really love that it's brilliant yeah Yeah. well i guess for me because my creative process has always been deeply spiritual Mm -hmm. and so i guess that's part of the connection of part of the connection with health and well-being as well because spirituality is so profoundly connected with how we see ourselves and and how we show up in the world you know and so it's it's an intersection between those things between creative process spirituality and health and well-being and how they all intersect and, and integrate and that's why I often use this word integrated yes 
Yes, I love it. I love it. You know, because the truth of the matter is that everything in our world, even I would say in our universe, is made such so that everything is actually interconnected and interdependent. And the more we can sort of recognize what those points of interconnection and interdependence are, the more we can live in ways that are in alignment with the nature of reality, as it were. And the more in alignment you are, the more easy you make your life because then you're not struggling against how things are. You know, you can just sort of yeah. go. Um, Absolutely. You know, yeah. I love this um, Deepak Chopra, one of his like spirit, seven spiritual laws of success um, is, I can't remember which one it is, but it's like the law of least effort or least resistance. And not for me, it's not about uh, being lazy or not doing the work that you need to do because you definitely have to take action and do the work that you need to do to achieve results. But for me, that's about like, it's about finding what your calling is and uncovering the art of allowing so to speak so it's like you're being pulled in a direction by your calling or by your passions or by your joys and it's about allowing that process to unfold rather than always trying to like fight and drive and strive for what you have to do it's like no no no. if we just stop stressing relax and allow the things to unfold naturally by pursuing what we love and by pursuing our passions and our joys and things flow easily. Exactly. I love the analogy of flow uh, because especially if you think about it in the context of interacting with water when it's flowing, uh, you know, if you are, if you have any kind of experience, for example, boating or swimming in a flowing river or even the ocean, I suppose, for that matter, if there is a current in the, in the body of water, if you try to go against the current, I mean, you are just setting yourself up for a really difficult, tough battle. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? totally. And that's why so many of us burn out. Yeah. Because we're always trying to go against the grain or we're trying to like always fight for what we need or push or it's always a challenge or a struggle, you know, or we're always in hustle mode, you know? Yes. It's like, no, that's just recognize the current is there recognize the direction it's flowing and then you know you can actually work with it to reach where you're going you don't have to give up where you're going just work with the current and how it flows that you can get to where you're going much more easily yeah exactly and i think there's an important piece of that part of the conversation is it's also not about letting go of your individuality It's not about like succumbing to the masses. It's not about, um, yeah, it's not about letting go of your uniqueness of who you are. It's about finding and uncovering that uniqueness and then working with what you've got, like you said, or working in alignment with the flow, you know? So you definitely don't have to like sacrifice your uniqueness and your individuality, especially as creatives and, and, and healers and therapists, you know? Oh, I love that you 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 brought that up because oh my gosh, that is such an important point. That is such an important point because so often, especially when we're thinking about this kind of work, uh, 
with creatives, but not just with creatives, like you said, also with healers or with anyone for that matter, who's trying to do something that's different from, you know, the do- what the dominant culture is doing, we're told, no, no, if you try to do something different, uh, you will fail, you know, uh, don't do that, go do what is already being done. <laughs> and yeah. um, I mean, that works up to a certain point uh, that advice can work up to a certain point but oftentimes you know it, it just lands us in more trouble in terms of we're not able to do what we're really passionate about we're not able to live a life that we really love um, and it sets us up for a different kind of struggle then yeah exactly and something that I realized on my journey of I guess, self-discovery and self-empowerment was that like I had always, I'd often seen myself as like an activist Mm. or someone who wanted to make ripples and make radical change, you know? And so I would often like see myself as like the outlier, like out there on the frontiers, like um, kind of separate from the masses or, uh, you know, like out there on the edges and on the frontiers. And there would, it, it was always like I was standing from a place of being, of always trying to like prove my point mm-hmm. or trying to um, change people's minds. Whereas I had this big epiphany and I had this realization that actually what I was doing there was alienating myself and other people because it was always this confrontation. It was always like, what you're doing is wrong, what I'm doing is right, so you have to change, right? Yeah. But now I, it's it comes more from a place of a real sense of self-confidence and integrity in who I am. And it's like, I know what works for me and I'm going to do what works for me because I know that that's, that's my calling. And now I can stand in being a role model for people and that connects people. I can now shift my language in a way that lands on the listening of my clients or the people that I'm working with. And there's like a collaboration there and a listening, you know, rather than always trying to have the rebuttal or try to prove my point, you know, and that was a real massive shift for me in in, uh, really stepping into ownership of my story and who I am and letting go of my attachment to trying to prove my point you know and that was huge big shift for me you know and yeah that's one of the things I think for these people who want to like make change in the world or make a real impact and a difference is stop alienating yourself is you can like you like in the analogy of the river it's like you can go with the flow and then like to continue that analogy sometimes you have these little bits of water that go out on their on their own and seek the new maps or the new terrain or the new the new um yeah the new terrain but they're still connected they're still part of the same body of water it's like you have to be part of the system in order to affect change because if we're always out there on the edges and those people are important as well. And sometimes you have to have those ones that are like, that are showing us kind of how not to do it or, you know, how to make these real radical changes. You need those people out there on the frontiers. But also if, we, if we're coming always from a place of this separation and point of difference, we, we alienate ourselves and then we can't really affect any real change. It's like, even if you're standing at the edge, you are still a part of that same landscape 
you know, actually. And so you are, in fact, still connected with everything else in that landscape, no matter your precise position. And so to recognize that you are still connected, to recognize all the different ways that you're connected mm -hmm. and and then really um, continue to do what you need to do from that point of recognition because you value that connection like you know you mm -hmm. value being a part of the whole um, yeah, exactly. and yeah. that's the holistic approach yeah. this and an integrated approach is like this interconnectivity like you say it's like we have our unique role and that's important and to honor and to recognize that that's part a valued part of the larger whole you know um yeah that's that's been a really empowering uh, mindset shift for me awesome i thought i love mm -hmm. it i actually call that creating change with love <laughs> that's mm -hmm. beautiful even my book on uh, make change yeah. and easy because if you want to make change fun and easy, it's so important to create change with love, to do it mm -hmm. in a more holistic, integrated way. Oh my yeah. gosh, I love it. Thank you so much for yeah. bringing that up. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so one of the things that I really wanted to um, get your perspective on, you already started talking about it earlier a little bit, uh, is like how, do you help people bring out their creativity? How can I bring out my creativity more? Because being able to access my creativity, um, you know, is such a huge aspect of how I can become a more effective change maker because it allows me to come up with better solutions, new solutions uh, to problems that have been ongoing for so long. So clearly, the, the things we have tried so far are not working and so we need to come up with new creative solutions so how do we tap into our yeah. creativity yeah absolutely um it's such a such an interesting question um because often what i see is um there's a big misconception between creativity and art and often people people think that creativity means making art and it doesn't i mean it, it it is and it can obviously but that's not only what creativity is right and so i think i think there's two components to how i want to answer this and the first thing is i think that a lot of us are walking around as repressed artists <laughs> where or or as blocked artists uh -huh. where we're actually extremely uh, extremely um, creative and extremely artistic in different ways but we've learned to repress that repress that because our society at large doesn't really value the arts as a kind of way to make money as a as a as a valid form of making a career i mean unless you grow up in a very creative artistic family or community at large we don't really value that we often hear rhetoric thrown around like go and get a real job or like oh you're always going to be a struggling artist you know so i think the first the first element of that is recognizing and honoring that we all are artistic in various ways and that often we've 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 created this self program and this self limiting belief that that we're not that we're not artists um and then the second part of that question 
also just first in, in uh, just to elaborate on that a little bit. So part of that is about uncovering and finding our passion and our joy as artists and releasing the blocks and letting go of these fears and limiting programs and limiting self-beliefs that have been holding us back. And then the second part of that is also this next component that is like we're all creative uh, and you don't have to be artistic to be creative. And it's about finding what works for you finding the modality that works for you because we all have different learning styles as well so some may be very visual learners some may be very auditory learners and some may be kinesthetic learners so it's about connecting in with what really resonates with you and finding something that you can really connect with and 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 um express your authenticity in a way that is um, in alignment with your creative self-expression. So, um, for example, someone who is maybe more of a visual learner might not really resonate with doing something like dance as a creative practice, whereas someone who is an auditory or kinesthetic learner might love dance because they've got the music component and they've got the body embodied component. So, the other element is really finding what works for you because there's so many incredible modalities and processes you can do and and that's the beauty of it and that's why I kind of identify as a polymath because I'm just like what can I do next you know like what's what's the next modality or what's the next creative exploration or the next process that we can connect with yes oh my gosh that that I, I love the distinction that you drew between being creative and being artistic and then the fact that even if you're uh, wanting to tap into your artistic side there are so many options for how you can tap into that there's so many different modalities and expressions mm -hmm. of, of being artistic and actually when you were talking about being creative um it actually made me think of this uh, really awesome Indian movie that's one of my all-time favorite Indian movies and um, <laughs> for, for people who can understand Hindi the movie is called Lage Raho Munna Bhai and basically the plot line in it is that there is this this gangster fellow like he's the big boss of like this big gang in in a city in India and he falls in love with this uh, radio show host who is a big fan of Mahatma Gandhi you know who was who's uh, the one of the founding fathers of modern India and you know is known for non-violence and how he used uh, non-violence as his strategy uh, to, to uh, get Indian independence from British mm. colonial. An incredible role model yeah. as an activist. Yes, indeed. And so in order to impress this girl, um, <laughs> this gangster fellow whose name is Munna, he pretends to be a historian, a historian who's an expert on Gandhiji. And so this lady is like, oh, really? Why don't you come on my radio show and talk about <laughs> talk about Gandhiji and how he created uh, awesome change using nonviolence? 
and so he's like oh my god what i have to show up and do an actual show how am i going to make that happen so he decides to go and just sort of uh really binge for like i don't know how many days and read up everything and memorize everything that he can about uh gandhi ji and how he worked and so forth and a very interesting thing happens he starts to actually see gandhi ji like gandhi ji actually begins to appear to him and talk to him and speak to him and so when he goes on the radio show people start asking him questions about hey we're having this problem how can we solve it with nonviolence and i'm having this problem how can i solve it with nonviolence and so he just talks to gandhi ji the the i suppose uh, i should not give away the whole plot line but basically he gave up to talk to gandhi ji and gandhi ji gives him all kinds of brilliant innovative creative solutions <laughs> a lot of them are very humorous actually and um and and so many people find um the life their life is transforming and they're able to solve their problems with more ease and without getting into fights and conflicts and so forth and um it just made me think about um you know like this is a kind of creativity also like especially you know like how can you solve so maybe you might not be artistically creative but maybe you're a hugely creative problem solver or you can really? become one you can train yourself to think more creatively about how to solve your problems totally i often say uh when i often think to myself i think some of the most creative people are actually scientists mm. because their 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 way of thinking is in a model of like what else is there out there yeah. it's like a, a constant state of inquiry or a constant state of cur- even curiosity yeah. you know i love this like when you're curious you discover things mm-hmm. when you ask questions you discover things and you learn and you grow you know so if we're always constantly in this like this is the this is the framework this is the box of which i work in which i work and nothing else can go outside of this box or this framework then of course you're going to continue to be stuck and continue to face these barriers and these walls but once you just learn to like maybe step outside the box or you know like um <clears throat> i can't remember there's this metaphor and analogy of um I can't remember if I'm going to if I I might not say this very correctly but it was it's basically this story of a person who's um they're on like a a they're on an island or something and there's a, a wall in front of them and they can see the other side and they're like trying to build all these ladders or trying to find the doors or whatever and they can't they they keep trying the same things over and over and they can't quite get to being able to like get to the other side or look across and then at some point they realize the wall just ends and they can walk around you know like that at some point there's just the yeah. the wall finishes and then they see that there's oh the wall ends and now i can just walk around and get to see yeah. the view of what i was trying to see so it's like there's always 
something different that you can try Mm -hmm. to solve a problem or to reach your goals and yeah yeah, I mean people would have always heard this idea if you keep constantly trying the same thing you're always going to get the same result obviously you know and so yeah creativity is definitely problem solving and and this idea of curiosity and inquiry is a huge part of that and experimentation right like uh, part of the scientific process but also of the creative process and even the artistic process like experiment with things see what works what doesn't and move ahead accordingly exactly and through that process of experimentation like you said you figure out what works and what doesn't work like say for example if you have an an idea of of an image that you'd like to create for example like a painting or a drawing and you try to make the drawing and you do it one way and then you do it and and often um in like creative in the creative industries they talk about um doing process so like doing the same type of process over and over again and see what results come up and then based on what you see in front of you you can then pick and choose what you like and then replicate that particular one so if you know you did that particular process to and then this image came up out of that process you can say oh i like that that worked for me, I'm going to choose that one. And that gives you power. That gives you agency. When you experiment and you're you're exploring and you're discovering, then you can choose your path rather than, rather than the path sort of just being presented in front of you without any kind of like um, consciousness or agency in choosing your path, you know? Yeah, yeah. I agree. And so in this process, how important is it to have an attitude of play and having fun? Oh my gosh, so important. Like the most integral thing, <laughs> you know, and you know you know this because this is what you write about. Um, you know, when we play, we become like a child again. And I think the beauty of children is their ability to be non-attached you know, and, and to, to non-attach to what they're discovering. You know, often what we do as adults is we project our own egos onto onto what we're doing. So like say, for example, in, in the, the process of making an art piece, we may, we may make a whole bunch of wonderful art, but then based on what our ego says, we may like disregard, you know, a bunch of what we've just made. But who are we to t- who are we to say that somebody else might might like that or might not like that you know um and so i think when we come back to this state of play there's a there's a there's a presence of non-attachment and it's like and then it's just like this again we come back to curiosity and it's like this discovery and it's like it's like magic making or something i always i often um come back to this like magic you know i think it's it's um yeah and you know that's you know creativity that's why i think you know spirituality is so intertwined with creative processes because we're literally making magic you know even they use the word craft in magic terminology as a way like we are literally crafting our magic and so that's inherently creative and so yeah when we play we're we're discovering and we're innocent there's no there's no ego involved there's no filters it's just pure discovery and there's, I think that that idea of being non-attached is a huge part of what we can access when we're playing. Yeah. 
What would you say is like a big obstacle in people's way to being able to have more fun, to have more of this playful attitude? And what can they do about it? I see a lot of, um, particularly with uh, creative clients that I work with, is I see a lot of negative self-belief, which is like coming from stemmings of unworthiness or like they're not enough or um, like their work is not good enough, they're not talented enough. And I think that comes from this programming that we have at large within our society that says that doesn't really value the arts as something that we can do to make a living or make a career out of. So at some stage, we have to kind of get out of our own way. And that's really hard for people because we've built up these beliefs over years and years and years. And, you know, at the beginning when we were young, it might have been someone else telling us you know, um, put that away, you know, it's, you, you put that paintbrush away, you'll never, you'll never um, be happy doing that, or you'll never be successful doing that, you know, or maybe someone was singing, I think for me, I've got a lot of blocks surrounding singing, um, because I think I had an experience when I was young, where I performed on stage singing, and it was awful, and I had all these, like, like people, you know, I felt so insecure and embarrassed, so then it may have been someone putting that onto me in the beginning but then what happens especially when we're children is we learn to believe that about ourselves so then we don't even have to have anybody else out there telling it to us we tell it to ourselves right and once that becomes ingrained into our programming that is so difficult to let go of so there are different processes that you can do like different um, techniques like meditation and mantras and different types of neuro-linguistic programming and different there are lots of different like processes that we can do to decode our programming Um, and a a friend of mine uh, who's an incredible dancer and um, artist and creator and life coach what he does is he um, through uh mapping our embodied shapes so because he works a lot with dance and embodiment um what we can do is we can start to decode our neural pathways so by moving our body in a different way than what we would normally do it we're rewiring our brain and our neural pathways And we can do that through simple processes, like maybe when you clean your teeth, have you ever noticed that you clean your teeth with the same hand every day? So a simple way to remap your neural pathway is to just change the hand that you use. And that's like a very simple thing, but then you can start to extrapolate that out because the more and more little um, bite-sized bits of action and things that you can take to decode your, um, your neural pathways, the bigger and bigger it gets. So say, for example, maybe the first day you do one to five little actions, and then the next day you do five to 10 little actions, and it just starts to build and build and build until we have way more sense of agency and consciousness in how we operate day to day. And it really comes down to our daily habits and our daily rituals and our daily practices. Um, But there are little things like that, just just simple things that you can do. Like if you've never done something, go and try something new for the first time because then you're learning and you're remapping your brain pathways and then you can learn to break free of certain behaviours or patterns or modes of being that don't really serve you, you know? 
yes no i i love that i love that and i love the idea of trying something new like you don't you don't have to do something huge but it could be like a yeah. small thing but try something new and do it with yeah. this mindset of you're just playing you're just having fun you're just experimenting totally. so um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give yourself that permission then you can you can have a lot of fun and also just create begin to create massive change over time in your life absolutely. and deepen your creativity too yeah absolutely one of the one of the first things that i often do with my clients is and this comes from uh the book called the artist's way um by julia cameron i think her name is have you heard of that it's a very famous book um basically it helps artists to release from from their blocks and really step into alignment with the full embodiment of of who they are as their artistic selves and one of the things one of the activities that she does in the book is um create like a list of 5 to 10 imaginary lives of like different professions or careers or things that you would love to just experience for a day like some of mine are like I'd love to be like a TV host for a day just to like to, just to see what it would be like you know or I'd love to be a professional dancer for a day or I'd love to travel around to festivals and perform at festivals and do like be a speaker you know I'd love to I'd love to do a TEDx talk one day yeah. right to be someone who speaks on stage in front of thousands of people And so you just create like a simple list of like 5 to 10 imaginary lives that you just like to try for a day. And then she takes it one step further and she's like, "Okay, so if you'd like to try one of those things for a day, do something this week that takes you one step further towards embodying that reality or yeah. towards taking a step closer to that to that activity or to that career." Like maybe if i want to like imagine like traveling to festivals being a performer maybe i might like go and do a dance class this week or maybe i might uh go and have a look at what are some of the festivals in my area that i could apply for you know like these types of things it's where it's like get yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit you know feel a little bit of the discomfort so that you can grow and learn but actually take an action step towards living the dream that you want to live you know oh my god because i think a lot of people don't think it's possible yes and and we become resigned and and apathetic mm-hmm. and complacent we sort of just tell ourselves that that's the way life is and then we just go about our routine or our day-to-day business and it's like well no like you can you can strive to go towards that yeah yeah, yeah. i oh man That is so awesome. That is so awesome. Mm-hmm. It actually makes me think of an exercise that I learned from one of my coaches and that I love to use uh with my clients too. And that's an envisioning exercise or that's how we start. We say, "Okay, imagine it's 30 years later and you're living the life of your dreams. You could be doing anything you want uh and everything that you love." you know because money is not an issue anymore you're in good health you know you, so you can do anything you want yeah so uh, in this scenario what do you see yourself doing like just you wake up and what do you see and then what do you do you know yeah. and people will write 
and sometimes just speak their vision. And then we're like, okay, next step. <laughs> what parts of this could you actually do right now? Make happen right yeah. now. Exactly. And the amazing thing is that there's so much of, of the things that we dream about that we can actually do, if not in whole, at least in part right now. Yeah, exactly. And I think a, a big piece of that is breaking things down into smaller steps or like you know we chunk things sometimes when we've got this big grand goal and a grand vision that's like seems so far out there in the future often it can be overwhelming because it seems so unattainable but then if we can and there are different like tools and methodologies that we can use like in like project management and action planning where we can start to chunk down the action steps that we need to take into like little bite-sized chunks and that makes it more achievable because then you know okay I've got to do this one thing today rather than all of this like ginormous mountain of things that seems unattainable and that's super empowering for people because then they also see the progress and it's like yes I achieved this thing today and now and now I'm working towards my goal yeah and the cool thing about you know, uh, tapping into your creative and artistic skills and practicing them is that this strategy of chunking down and being able to then see your progress over time, it's so viscerally there, so visibly there when Mm -hmm. you're working on something creative, on something artistic, because a masterpiece of art does not get created (laughs) in one stroke or in a day you know you you build it a little bit little bit little bit at a time so you can actually learn to hone the skill of chunking things down and managing how you grow something over time into like something really beautiful and amazing by practicing your artistic and creative skills yeah absolutely and there is also like some really tangible benefits to that as well like there's some research that shows that when we tick something off our to-do list we get a we get a hit of dopamine and serotonin in our brain so there's like there's actual like tangible positive benefits that are happening when we do things like that you know like just little ways that we can create more of a positive mindset you know it's like um if you're feeling like really shit in your body for example it's like go and do some exercise and i'm not saying that that might be the solution to getting well completely but that's going to that's going to give your body a boost of endorphins a boost of serotonin that's going to help you to get towards feeling more positive right. you know so it's like little things like that it's all holistic it's like if you're feeling low in energy go for a run you know because that's going to boost your energy levels and give you a literal neurochemical hit of positive hormones and chemicals in your body you know so then your mindset shifts as well Right. I love it. I love it. And uh, man, Lillian, I don't want to stop talking with you right now, but we do have to begin to wrap up for today. Are there any last pearls of wisdom you want to share with us? Um, I think probably the, the biggest takeaway that I can give is like, just trust yourself. And, and, and like, that's, 
that's part of what cultivating intuition is about is like learning to trust your body and listen to your body and listen to your heart and trust that you're on the path that you need to take to reach your goals because so often we think we're doing things wrong or like even when we like we think we've done something wrong or we've made a mistake and we feel like we have to backtrack and then go in a new direction even that is a kind of part of our path that we had to go on in order to make that mistake so that we could learn but that's not how you do it <laughs> you know what I mean so then you go yeah. in a different direction so even like those seemingly like big mistakes that we make it's like no, no no that's still all part of it so learn to trust in the process yeah. and I guess that's one of the really big things in creative therapeutic processes is like it's not about the outcome yeah. it's about the process yeah it's not about how beautiful your artwork looks in the end it's about that process of literally putting paint to paper or pen to paper or the process of feeling your body in movement or you know whatever is the process that you're doing it's about what is what are you experiencing in that present moment mm -hmm. and then learning to listen to that learning to really trust and have faith in yourself mm -hmm. i'm sorry if you guys can hear that there's some kind of motorbike or something out there yeah that's the biggest thing is trust yourself learn to trust your inner voice and your intuition not the inner voice that's like on chatter mode and that's on like oh, you shouldn't do this you should do that blah, blah, blah. but that deeper inner voice that is you and that's what we can really tap into and connect with when we go into those deeper states of creative flow or meditation and and that kind of like unwavering unconditional love for ourselves that it that happens when we can trust that we're on the right path oh my mm -hmm. gosh that's wonderful that's wonderful mm -hmm. yes please all of our if you're listening to this if you're watching this please if you find yourself struggling with tapping into this creative side of you your artistic side of you your intuitive this and you want to uh, stop or ease that struggle please get some help reach out to Lilia and she's going to be so brilliant at helping you with it mm -hmm. you can also reach out to me reach out to uh, anyone else uh, if you don't want to reach out to us but please please um, do this for yourself and um, I yeah just do this for yourself and I wish you all the very best uh, in that process and thank you yeah, thank again you. Lillian for being here with us today thank you thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure yeah all right mm -hmm. take care everyone yeah. ciao <laughs>